What does every grocery store aisle now have in common? Products that come in paper packaging. And we don't just mean the obvious ones like cereal boxes and juice cartons. From beauty products to boxed water, there are more opportunities to go papertarian than ever before. So why should you? Because paper comes from a renewable resource and can be recycled up to seven times. Simply put, it's the smart choice for the environment. And it turns out, the easiest choice for you. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Scott. I'm Ben, and we are here with uh, our good friend and super producer, Noel the Convoy Brown, uh, for today's episode of Car Stuff. The Convoy. I like it. This yeah. makes me think of the movie uh, Convoy. Oh, And man. the song, of course. Oh, right? yes. Yeah. Um, can, I be rubber, can I be Rubber Duck? Oh, yeah, of oh, course. Great. I feel okay. like you're naturally the Rubber Duck. Yeah. Rubber Duck. What, do you, what about you? As long as I'm not one of the uh, long-haired friends of Jesus to the Chartreuse <laughs> Microbus. <laughs> nice recall, Ben. Or Chartreuse. Uh, yeah, I like that. Nice. Oh, uh, that was one of yeah. my favorite songs. Yeah, and the movie was kind of cool, too. I mean, looking mm-hmm. back, I don't know if it stands the, stands the test of time or not, but we'll see. And maybe yeah. I can uh, check it out. I think, you know, when we were uh, doing some ads for uh, a DVD. For, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, we... Um, we, I think we mentioned Convoy. We did mention Convoy. I believe so. Yeah. Uh, long-time listeners, you can check with us or let us know what you think about Convoy. And I may have said this on the air before, uh, and and I promise this is tangentially related to our show today. But, somehow. Uh, somehow, hopefully. We'll find a segue, Scott. We always do. But uh, there was this um, Greatest Hits album that C.W. McCall had. Mm-hmm. Uh, and for a while, when I was a kid... Uh, <laughs> It was it was one of the only albums I had. Now this was this was a cassette tape, and a lot of folks, a lot of the younger kids, don't know about that. Oh, but uh, Ben, a yeah. cassette tape of uh, C. W. McCall uh-huh. Convoy on it. Yeah, Convoy, and then Convoy Two, where they go around the world in the rubber dot. Cool. Yeah, uh, and there are some uh, impressions on there of various various world leaders. That I totally didn't understand at the time. Uh, <laughs> it would be fun to get your hands on that again and listen to it if you could yeah. find a tape player. A oh tape, yeah, yeah. You gotta find a tape deck somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That'd be the hard part. I mean, you know, my my the rest of my family is as thrifty as I am. We're probably drive. We probably have a car in the family that has a tape player. You know what? I had I had um, I had the is it the forty five the small vinyl version? No way. I did. Yeah, but um, you know, it's long gone. I don't know where it is. It's probably still stuck in my dad's um, you know record collection. He has a huge vinyl record collection uh he was a dj back in college yeah and had this massive collection of uh you know stuff from the 60s and 70s some really incredible albums oh wow probably i mean likely worth a bunch of money i don't know how well they were stored or anything like that yeah. I, I would be, be willing to bet that they're in his garage somewhere in a box you know that kind of uh storage now, if you can call it storage maybe in the basement at best 
Just uh, keep an eye on those, though, because, you know, the, they can be um, they can be as lucrative as a good barn find. Oh, that's in true. In some cases. That is true. So, OK, let's get back on topic. Yes, we are car stuff and we're going to talk today about hotshot trucking. And that is kind of the uh, the tangential related uh, mm-hmm. item that we're getting at with the convoy there. Hotshot trucking. Now, if you don't know what hotshot trucking is, um, it's really pretty simple to explain what it is and, and be very concise about it. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's not scheduled. It's like it's smaller, it's smaller hauling jobs, really. Yeah. It's like you're, uh, if you are a hotshot trucker, you are essentially a freelancer, a freelance driver for the freight industry. And the freight industry is massive. And in terms of not just physical fleets, but also in terms sometimes of bureaucracy and their regularly scheduled, uh, routes that crisscross the continent. Uh, but, those regularly scheduled routes don't always cut the mustard. Exactly right. And that's the thing about this is that it's kind of like a, um, I guess you can call it like a just-in-time service or a, yeah. um, a critical uh, a critical freight service or, um, you know, something that you, you have to have it across town right away. It could be across town. It could be across the state. It could be several states away. We need it in two days. We can't wait for that shipment that is coming in seven days, but we'll get just enough uh, to keep ourselves going here at this factory. So that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Happens all the time, every day. Uh, I've got a brother who flies freight, um, uh-huh. and a lot of that is sort of related to this. It seems like he's like a not a hotshot trucker. He's like a almost like a hotshot pilot. Uh, pilot, yeah. Wow. Because the the freight service that he flies for, oftentimes he'll say that you know they're they're hauling um, uh, I don't know par- uh, some type of automotive parts to you know whether it's um, uh, wiring har- harnesses or axles or whatever it happens mm-hmm. to be. Um, you know, two different manufacturing facilities all over the U.S., uh, sometimes just outside the U.S., you know, down into Mexico or up into Canada. Um, he's based out of um, out of Michigan, out of uh, Oakland Airport. And um, it's, it's a really interesting business because it seems like every time I talk to him, he's got some new story about where they were, what they were picking up, mm-hmm. what they are bringing back. Um, he has to do a lot of math, a lot of calculation as far as the way that you load the plane. And it's not... I mean, it's 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 a it's not terribly different from what happens with these truck drivers too. It's like they get a call and they say, um, you know, we need we're going to be there at, at your place in in uh, you know half an hour. Mm-hmm. I've got a truckload of this, but I can't take it the full way. Um, you need to load this on your vehicle and get it down to Kentucky by noon tomorrow. That's our that's our deadline, right? But the uh, the trucker, I think I see the plot twist here, right, Scott? Yeah. The the trucker says, "Well, that doesn't fill up my entire cargo area." Yeah. So yeah. I might need to make another run of some sort, if possible. Yeah. Or you know, he may say, "Well, I can do that for X number of dollars. That's a, yeah. that's my rate because it's this far away and it, it takes this much fuel, mm-hmm. et cetera. My time involved, all that." And they say, "Well." We weren't really looking for that. And he says, well, wait a minute before you go anywhere else. Cause you know, it's, it's, there's a, uh, a very competitive world out there as oh, far as, sure. as far as bidders go, uh, for hotshot trucking jobs. And there's job boards that we'll talk about later, but, um, bidding for this type of work is not all that uncommon. It's something that, um, it, it, I think it's expected when you have a, a load of freight that you need to get somewhere fast. You can, you can either just say, I, you know, it's so critical. It's so important that I'll just pay whatever the first person that tells me the rate is <laughs> right. and they've got to go. Or you can say, well, maybe I can let it sit out there for a few hours and see what kind of bids I can get to come in. Yeah. Um, but but I don't think it's all that out of uh, out of the ordinary for a trucker to say, uh, here's my starting bid. You what do you what do you think of that? And uh-huh. they either may grab it or maybe they won't. And then there gets to be a point where it's not worth it for the trucker to haul that uh, you know, that that 
uh, those goods or, you know, that, that, that material sure. that far for that price. Um, we're probably getting ahead of ourselves a little bit, yeah. but, but, um, just, I guess in general terms, it's critical freight, not really scheduled, not really mm-hmm. structured in any way because it can be anything of any size, um, any purpose. Uh, freight can vary so greatly. I'll tell you how great this can vary. All right. You could be hauling, uh, airplane parts one day mm-hmm. or automotive, you know, assembly parts, motorcycles. You could even be hauling one envelope uh, across state lines. Um, <laughs> if if it's necessary, they may contact a hotshot trucking company. I know there's other mail delivery type services sure. that, that do stuff like that in a car, which is a lot more efficient. But um, it, it's not unheard of for somebody to do uh, something completely out of the ordinary for a hotshot trucking company because that's, that's what they do. They field unusual requests. Yeah, I, I read one. I, I was checking out a couple of different forums here, and I read one board that – or rather one comment on a board that I thought was pretty cool. Uh, this guy recalls that he used to be standing around the Texas Ironworks waiting for the drill part to be manufactured, and then they would manufacture the drill, he would throw it in the bed of the truck and drive straight to the oil well. No stopping. Isn't that incredible? I, I've heard the oil industry is huge into hotshot trucking because yeah. of what you just said, the broken parts. They're, they're out on an oil field. They break a, break a bit off, Yeah, and they need one right away. So this guy... Without them having to send somebody out to the mill to bring it back, he's closer. He just waits for it to be assembled and, and heads on his way, and, and they cut the time in half. Yeah, and uh, apparently they can when, – when the freighting companies or the carrier companies come to you, there are some rules of thumb for negotiation. And, and it's, uh, it's interesting because, you know, we hear, we hear so often that the – Trucking industry is becoming more and more difficult to make a living from, right? Because, uh, back a few years back was the rising prices of gasoline and, uh, it was the, <clears throat> the competition, at least from local expediters. Mm-hmm. You know, we should talk too about the difference between expediters and sure. hot shots. Competition's huge. Yeah. Competition is huge. This is very much an industry where you can't, uh, what's that phrase we used in an earlier episode? Sit on your laurels. Yes. <laughs> can't do that. You got to uh, constantly be moving. That's one thing that I came across many, many times is that this isn't as easy as you might think. You may, you may think like, well, I've got a truck and trailer. I can make a, a pile of money just running stuff across town. That, right. And that sounds like a pretty good way to make a living. It really does. Like you, you have to be out in the, you know, mm-hmm. out, out driving around in the city that you live in or in the state that you live in make or in the, schedule. in the region that you live in. Yeah, yeah. right. You're your own boss. You get mm-hmm. to decide when you work, how much you work. But the reality of it is that it's very difficult. There's usually long days. Um, there's typically no break between when you pick up something and when you deliver something. So if it has to be out west in, you know, three days, you, you may not get any time, you know, more than just a few hours at night to sleep. I'm sure there's probably regulations in place, like how long you are allowed to sleep or you, how long you have to sleep, rather. Right. Um, I don't know if it applies to hotshot <clears throat> trucking, though. That's, right. that's the other thing is that there's a second set of laws for hotshot truckers versus those that hold the CDL or, um, a uh, commercial driver's license. Right. Um, but you, you don't know when the next job is coming or if the next job is mm-hmm. coming. That's something else. You gotta be a, a very proactive. You gotta be, um, very, um, I don't know. I guess you gotta be a, a go-getter. You yes. gotta really want this to work and you gotta, you gotta constantly be scheduling and, um, you know, maintaining not only, you know, your equipment and everything that has to go along with that during the day, mm-hmm. um, you know, watching the job boards and everything else. But there's also the, um, I guess you can call it the desk job at home that has to be done. So you may require not just yourself, but you may require some help from somebody at home, you know, whether that's an employee, whether that's a family member, mm-hmm. somebody to 
uh, kind of sort out your schedule and make sure that things are working the way they should and that you're doing the maintenance on your truck when you should. And um, yeah, that's huge. The, the paperwork is, is, um, it can be overwhelming, but, uh, seriously, like this is a, this is, this is a good way to make money. Mm-hmm. It's just you have to really, really want it and you have to really know what you're doing. And yeah. Make some smart decisions. Yeah. That's a very good point because w- one thing that can be so tempting. I love the phrase you were using when, where, where, uh, it's tempting to think, well, I have a truck. I have a trailer, right? Uh, I will just go and become a hotshot trucker, and then the money will just rain on me. It will literally rain money. Yeah. Uh, but the problem is that although it is possible to do very well in this business, it is also possible to do um, to to lose money, especially if you're not organized. And if you're not making the right calculations of your time versus your expenses versus what whatever your margin is, uh, we can say that conventionally what I found most often repeated was that hotshot drivers can usually bet on a 75 to 25 split with the carrier company. Mm. So the freight company getting would take a 25% cut of the delivery, and that's like as a as a fee on their part, if they handle your paperwork and set up the order. Ah, now see, this is this is important because you said the by the carrier. Now, normally these are driven by owner operators. They right. own and operate their own vehicle, their own rig. But even those owner operators are often leased by carriers to to do this kind of work. So they still you still go through them. It's kind of a middleman. Yeah, it's necessary because people are comfortable working with that uh, with that carrier. And you are kind of the independent edge of this or angle of this. Mm-hmm. And the carrier then trusts you to carry their their load across town, across state lines, or wherever it happens to be. Um, so it does get a little bit complicated in that way. Um, and we mentioned um, the job resources, the job boards, things like that. Do you want yeah. to talk about that for a second? Because I, I want to get to mm-hmm. um, like some of the pros and cons of the business. And then mm-hmm. maybe even I've got some rough numbers of what it kind of what it takes, what it costs. And some of the things that maybe people won't think about initially ah. for setting up, uh, you know, it, it, it's kind of like a hotshot 101. Yeah. Um, in fact, that's I think that's what they called it in this uh, in this article. But um the jobs are resources and job boards that you can go to to find these things, to bid on jobs, because that's what you do. You you look at a daily board, a daily mm-hmm. posting of what's available in your area, and you find, you know, which boards or board works best for you, and you typically use that every single day. So you've got a laptop next to you in the vehicle, and you're uh, you're searching for the types of loads that you can carry based on the equipment that you have, the types of loads that you want to carry, um, you know, based on you know what you've found works for you and what doesn't, or uh-huh. you know, problem loads, I guess. Um, and also... Um, I guess you're, you're considering profit as well. You know, is it, is it profitable for me to carry this thing? It's going to really, um, be a lot of wear and tear on my equipment or would I rather carry something that's like maybe, I don't know, instead of carrying that load of pipe, would I want to carry hay instead? Mm-hmm. Um, is it more profitable? And you, you got a lot of different decisions to make, but you can go to places like, um, these are just three examples. You can go to like finefreightloads.com. You can go to uship.com, um, truckdriverjobs.net. There's, there's boards like this all over the place. And that's just three. There's, a lot of them, and you know, you can you can focus on your region, your state, however you want to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's pretty interesting how it all works. And and I give you uh, UShip as just an example. Um, and this is from both sides. You can use this as uh, you know somebody who's wanting to ship something, or somebody who has uh, freight experience. You know, somebody who can carry something. Right. So if you go to UShip.com um, as a customer, not not as a um, not as a hauler. You can get free shipping quotes from there. And I'm not selling this or anything like that. <laughs> right. I want to point that out. 
Uh, so a line from their uh, from their website says that you can find, book, and ship with over, and get this, 670,000 transporters around the globe. Wow. So you can be connected, just this one site, this uship.com, you can connect with over 670,000 transporters. So that gives you an idea of the type of competition is out there now. That doesn't mean that all those haulers can carry whatever you have. I mean, that's very, it's, it's very, right. um, uh, very specific, I guess. Once you say, I've got this type of freight and it's X mm. feet long, X number of feet long. It weighs this much. Um, it's this size. It's going to require a forklift to get it on and off the vehicle. You know, that type of thing. It all narrows down your search mm-hmm. for what you need or what you want. And I guess the idea is that, you know, you can, you can get instant pricing, you know, like an estimate on your, on your job. But then what it does is it alerts, Local drivers, you know, drivers that are nearby that don't have a job yet for that day or for that afternoon or, sure. or whenever it is that evening. Or for the even that time they're in town. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. They, when they're in town because they may be headed out. Um, so transporters then bid on those jobs based on what you, you know, add into the system. And then you can book that job online. You can, you know, um, read the transporters reviews of, you know, like how they've handled pr- prior jobs, you know, jobs in the past of what they were, what they were like, whether they, um, you know, arrived and there were no problems at all, or whether they mm-hmm. arrived late, or they were early. Uh, if they were polite, uh, if they broke, whatever they were supposed to be hauling, because right. that happens, they get rated. Uh, yeah, they get rated, and you can lock in the rate there. Um, you know, so that you, you know, get the price that you agreed on. And you know, the other thing is that insurance is big in this. I mean, you've got to carry a ton of insurance for this type of yeah. work. Yeah, uh, way more than you would think. I mean, we're talking like million dollar policies. Absolutely, and that's that's another thing. Uh, there are a series of steps to become a hotshot driver, which we've alluded to, but we haven't really talked in depth about it. Uh, just the basic stuff, of course. You have to have an IRP license, or something that allows you to drive an overweight vehicle, and like you pointed out, Scott, you got to have the insurance. A lot of these companies are not going to regularly work with someone who doesn't have insurance cuz think about it you know you're you're hiring a a free agent who you know in a lot of cases these people work with each other regularly mm-hmm. but in theoretical cases you might just be hiring like um John Doe from John Doe's one man army trucking who says yeah I'll take um I'll, I'll take your shipment of airplane parts that have to be in Bakersfield by noon tomorrow and then disappears with them or gets in an accident uh, and they're destroyed. Yeah, you're right. It's kind of akin to uh, seeing a contractor's license if you're going to have something done at your house. It's the exact same idea is that you want to make sure that this person is licensed, insured, all that. Mm-hmm. Um, and these are Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration uh, requirements. It's not just that, you know that we're saying – it's probably something that you want to check out, you know, you want to have done. It's, it's so that you're not handing over some very valuable equipment to somebody who, again, could just leave town and you'll never see them again. And you don't really have any true records of who that person was. Right, yeah. This is the paperwork to back it up. So it's really important to establish your business, to, uh, to you know, um, carry the, the proper insurance, you know, mm-hmm. that's critical. And you gain the trust in the uh, in the freight community that you work within. It's really, really important because that's all this networking pays off. Yeah, and that is a rule for freelancing in general. Scott, did you ever do any freelance stuff? Oh, I have. Yes, I've done uh, <laughs> freelance work for a long time prior to this. Um, yeah, as a freelance for probably uh, a dozen years, maybe something wow. like that. Uh, every just about everything. Well, actually, everything I did up in uh, up in Michigan with the big three was mm-hmm. uh, freelance work. It was contract work. Oh, okay. Um, so it was either you know you had a, a solid contract for a year, two years, or three years, or whatever it was. Sure. 
or you were just kind of, uh, yeah, we need you today. Can you come in to work? And yeah, do it. So, um, and then, you know, some of the, the more regular programs, of course, you, you can count on that work to come back monthly, but it was still contract work. And there's a bit of a, um, well, um, there's a nice freedom that comes along with that, but right. there's also a, a bit of a worry that goes along with that as well. I mean, you don't want to make the, um, when you're trying to buy a house or something like that, it, right. you know, getting the paperwork through is a lot more difficult. And, and just your level of confidence that, that, that job is going to keep coming back month after month. Mm-hmm. That's something that you have to think about as well. And, you know, with hotshot trucking, it's, it's similar in that, you know, it, it, your daily work depends on how hard you work behind the scenes to get things lined up for the next day. And or the next week or month or year even. I don't know if you can line it up for a year with hotshot trucking. Mm-hmm. I, even, in fact, I don't think you can line it for a month with hotshot trucking. It's more like um, you better hope that job is coming back tomorrow. Right, because ideally a lot of a lot of larger businesses, in my understanding, would need a hotshot trucking thing rather than planning on using one regularly. Yeah, right? and you don't use it all the time. That's the point. It's it's like right. it's it's just strictly for occasional use. It's not like um they may come back to you. They may say like, well we've got this guy that we use when this happens. Yeah. But it's not something you can count on as a hotshot trucker. It's not something you can schedule. You can't say like, well at the end of the month they always use me because they would recognize by that time they need a shipping service by the end of the month. They would get a regular <laughs> right. service to do that. And that's just not the way it works. This is, this is more like, um, I guess you could call it emergency, but it's not always emergency. It's mm-hmm. sometimes it's just, um, you know, we just need to get this there in three days. It's convenience. Yeah. It's, sometimes it's a stopgap might mm-hmm. be a better word too. Uh, well, okay. So we've kind of established what hotshot trucking is. Uh, do you want to go into, uh, what it takes? To become a hotshot trucker and pros and cons? Yeah, I think I'd like to do that. But you know what? First, I think we should take a moment to get a word from one of our sponsors. Good idea. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet and also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash Papertarian. 
Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh, great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, and we're back, and we were talking about, um, I think, just kind of like what it takes to get this business going, right? Because, right. Uh, and you know what? You just mentioned in that ad that uh, that you were a freelancer as well. Yep. And uh, you probably know some of the stresses that come along with this. You said it's a, it, it was writing, uh-huh. but, but it's still the same idea that, you know, you're waiting for these jobs to come in, and you're not sure if they're going to come in. Mm-hmm. There's always that hesitation when you're going to make a big purchase. Uh, there's always that um, that kind of uneasiness, I guess, about... Well, you're not really on a on a company big company's health plan or anything oh like yeah that. yeah and the the benefits that go along with something like that and that's one of the things that that uh, hotshot truckers have to deal with mm-hmm. is that they're probably going from you know either working in a job like you and I work right now and sure say, sure I'd, I'd love to be out on the road hauling something wait you're full time I'm freelance <laughs> <laughs> right. I just get a call I've just been getting a call every week every every Tuesday and Thursday you get a call to come in and record the podcast yeah. Uh, well, I'm kidding, but but you make a great point because when we say like one man army, one person band kind of thing, that that is something that's it's difficult to overemphasize because if you are a hotshot trucker, you're also your own accountant, you're also your own advertisement, you're your um every other role that a will be filled by someone else in a different trucking company. Yeah, and it's a tiny bit misleading to say that, you know, you can do this all on your own because you really do need some backup, some help from other people. Right. And uh, you'll find this this smaller network of of people that will help you help you achieve your goals and that's possible, entirely possible. So don't sure. let, we're not want to dash anybody's dreams. Yeah, we don't want to dissuade you. you no, can not do at all. This. You can do this. You really can, but you have to know Kind of where the starting point is, and you have to understand what you would like to be or what you would be comfortable hauling, and and that's critical. And luckily for any of our prospective or would be hotshot truckers in the audience today, uh, we've got some uh, a little bit of insider info for you. I guess maybe it's just a little bit of uh, like like um, one hundred and one. Yeah, I suppose like a starter course in in what it would take to get something like this going, because a lot of people probably have that question. You know, we said. You know, the guy with the truck and trailer, you know, in his driveway sure. is thinking, oh, man, do I really need to go and sit in my cubicle all day long? Or should I just, you know, couldn't I just haul something across, uh, you know, the state yeah. um, and, and be home by dinner time every day? That would be fantastic mm-hmm. if I could do that. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a little bit more complicated than that if you really want to make a go of this. And I, I can give you some outline, like an outline of what you basically need. But there's a lot more to consider than this. Um, and this comes from a place called HotshotTransportation.com. So I thought it was a pretty good source to go right, to. Right, yeah. It um, a place that you can actually find, you know, you can, you can, well, go to that site and you can see what they've got there. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can, you can book and, and do all kinds of stuff there. But they said, 
you know, there's a lot of hurdles in in getting this thing going as far as upfront costs and you know, like trucks and trailers and insurance and all that stuff. Yeah, these are just the big, um, these are the the kind of the big considerations that you need to make before you really jump into this with both feet. All right, so just as a, uh, a general outline, you'll need a truck, of course. Oh, if you don't have one. Expect to spend, you know, I'm ballpark, and this varies so greatly. I, I hate to put a price on any of this, but let's say $10,000 or more. That's what they say. Right. Um, you need, at minimum, a one-ton truck or larger. It has to be a dually, so uh, mm-hmm. no single rear-wheel vehicles yeah. at all. 9,000-pound rear axle minimum, probably a diesel, probably equipped to uh, carry a gooseneck trailer or a fifth-wheel hitch in the bed. Um, a long bed, so you know the trailer won't hit the cab. That's pretty important, I would guess. You don't want a short bed. Yeah, exactly right. right. You also need a trailer, and we're talking about not just a small trailer that you can buy, you know, on the side of the road somewhere, probably yeah, a tractor trailer. This is probably. likely a uh, well, not a tractor trailer. This is more like um, a big flatbed, maybe. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. But I mean a big flatbed because some of these that I've seen on the sites that they say um, minimum, a lot of guys are saying, oh, you, at minimum you want a forty foot flatbed trailer, mm-hmm. forty feet. That's a lot. Um, that is huge. Now others are saying, uh, I can get by with my 20-foot flatbed trailer. Well, but but that, you want a big trailer. Well, that's the thing, though, because the the problem there or the consideration there, you can already you already know where we're going with this, guys. Uh, it restricts the amount of work. You can do a 20-foot job with a 40-foot trailer, but you can't uh, reverse that, you and, know? And that's only one type of trailer. Right. I mean, what if you want to haul cars? What if that's your gig, is that you want to haul cars, but you want to, you want to haul... Uh, maybe more than just one car. You want to haul like three or four cars. Right. We that's, saw some of those pictures. Yeah, sure. And that's that's a separate thing altogether. It's like, you know, the wedge style of, of car hauler. Uh, you've probably seen those before. Yeah. They haul three on them. They're really packed tight. It depends mm-hmm. on what kind of cars you're hauling as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it all depends on what you want to haul. But expect to spend several thousand dollars on that, too. I mean, I mean, between six and ten thousand dollars on a trailer is not out of the ordinary. Wow. Yeah, the... I have a question, a little bit, a little bit of a sidebar here, Scott. Okay. Uh, have you heard of any hotshot trucking for livestock? What? No, not for livestock. I haven't either, and I wanted to throw this question to listeners because I'm pretty sure we've got some current or former hotshot truckers in our audience. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to ask you guys uh, if you have ever, as we say in Tennessee, if you've ever heard tell of a uh, of a hotshot livestock thing, like getting a getting um some cattle to maybe or, or a horse maybe to a competition or something like that. Yeah, I, I wonder know. because it seems like if you're on a farm and I you know I remember I kind of semi grew up on a right, farm, I don't right. know, uh, summers anyways. Um it seems like you have the equipment or the the uh, if you have cows you typically have the trailer to haul cows in. Like you, you already have, have it. Yeah, yeah, you have horse trailers if you got horses. Um you know, but I wonder though if there's a need to get uh you know cattle across town where there have been deals made. I don't know. I just don't know how to look at it because usually ranches have that type of equipment on hand. Right. That's part of the deal and yeah. uh, usually have the capacity and, and the planning to avoid needing that. It's just yeah. it's interesting to me and I wonder if it ever happened because when we saw how many things can be cargo for hotshot trucking, Oh yeah. then that was one of my first questions. That's one of the only things I didn't hear about yet. It seems unlimited, doesn't it? I mean, you yeah. could haul... Um, you could haul metal stock. You could haul mm-hmm. hay. Yeah. You could haul motorcycles. You could haul signs. You could right. haul, um, okay, I, I think I remember a television show about hotshot trucking uh, <laughs> recently that I've seen. And this is where I kind of was introduced to the whole idea of it. And they were hauling, of course, for TV, they're going to make this uh, pretty sensational, right? Right, with all the dum-dum Yeah, music. exactly right. And, you know, the 
you know, there's five, four or five people and they're kind of working against each other really in the oh, same market, yeah. you know, yeah. and they're trying to outbid each other and get jobs. And it was, it was entertaining, but the types of things they were hauling was like, well, we need to get this, uh, this missile from NASA up to, um, you know, the aeronautical museum in Ohio. So we need uh-huh. to haul that today. Uh, how, you know, what's your rate on that? And it was just always something really unique and interesting and kind of fun and, and really strange. It was always yeah. strange. It wasn't just your ordinary, uh, stuff. I don't know what ordinary would be for a hotshot truck. It wasn't, <laughs> right. it wasn't that. It was always something really unusual. Well, I got, I got us off track though. Uh, I was just interested. I wanted to throw that out to our listeners. So we left off with, uh, trailers. Trailers. Yeah. And you got to remember also more axles, higher tolls. That's Absolutely. another important thing. Yeah. That's a good point. And you got to make sure that they're heavy duty. Most have to, you know, most use gooseneck trailers, mm-hmm. uh, which are very, very heavy duty trailers, mm-hmm. but you got to have the right truck to haul that in the right setup. And, sure do. All right. So all that is important, but, um, other equipment, uh, think about this. You need a laptop computer for online access, which you're likely going to want to get a new one. I mean, something that you can mm-hmm. put in the truck with you and it'll be make a dedicated work. Yeah. With internet access and, yeah. and you're going to have to have, you know, Wi-Fi on, you know, on tap, I guess, in the vehicle as you're driving. So you can expect, you know, let's say, let's say that's $50 a month, um, according to this article. That actually, that cuts in your profit every time you're, oh, yeah. you're hauling. Something. Oh, every drive. Um, you're also going to need, uh, they say a 20 ton jack. Whoa. <laughs> I mean, I guess if you get a flat tire on the road, I, I mean, mean, that's yeah. something you, you got to think about. If you get a flat tire on your trailer, when you've got a load on the trailer, it's a lot more difficult to get that tire changed. Especially because there's so much less of a safety net for a hot shot trucker because, you know, the, the thing about, the, the thing about being a, uh, full-time company man is that there is a little bit more of a safety net. Just a little bit. And I'm just, not, I'm not, I'm not saying anybody is in any way getting kid gloves, but what I am saying is that if you're a hot shot trucker, you're, you have to be prepared, just like a Boy Scout, because if your tire blows out, if there's an accident that delays you, all of that is on you, yes. not on anyone else. Yeah, it's 100% your responsibility yeah. because you're, you've, you're in charge of that load between when you pick it up and when you drop it off. And whatever yeah. happens in between, again, like you said, that's on you. It's, uh, your career hinges on your response, on your reputation. Yeah. And again, not trying to talk anybody out of it. It's just you got to remember that's a re- that's a reality. You know, that's yeah. just that's just the way it is. You got to you got to step mm-hmm. up. Um, other things like cargo straps, chains, tie downs, pads, sure. all that stuff. That's a, it's it's required. It's important. It's also expensive yeah. to, to keep that stuff, mm-hmm. and that stuff wears out too. So when it's lost or or stolen or you know mm-hmm. just simply worn out, you got to replace it. Um, okay, here's what we were talking about before: administrative. Um, you're going to have to have a business checking account. Um, you're going to have to have a tax ID number, which that's not all that difficult. Um, customer contacts, receipts, things like that. You're all going to have to keep all that because of you know if you're going to be claiming this on taxes in a different way, which you will be, uh, because you're your own entity, business, your own, right? Yeah, your own. You're a contractor, um, so you're going to have to keep all that stuff. So you're going to have to have good bookkeeping skills, um, a business license, and a, um, mm-hmm. you know possibly a service permit from City Hall. Um, also, uh, what else are you going to have to have? Uh, maybe somebody to do your taxes because they're going to be a little bit more tricky than they were last year when you were a company man. Yeah. Uh, you could, can't fill out that easy form anymore, likely when you're <laughs> a, um, contractor. Maybe you can, I don't know. Can we spend a second on that? Because that's something that's huge and people don't know this. And man, Uncle Sam came down on me like a bag of bricks my first year freelancing. Are you talking about estimated taxes? Oh, buddy. Oh, is that yeah. what you're talking oh, about? Yes, that is the, the, okay, we can spend just a minute on this because uh, I know the I know the, the pain of that, too. Yeah. I, I was 
actually, I was actually pretty good about it every year. The first year was uh, tough. It was growing pains. Yeah, the first year, the first year was tough for me, and I was, I was surprised. But uh, but here's the deal: you get a yeah. nice big fat check, and then you got to remember, I'm going to put, I have to put thirty percent of this away, or even more sometimes. Yeah, 35%. I was going to say minimum thirty. It's more like thirty-five percent. You have to put away on your own because they give you the full amount. Mm-hmm. without taxes or anything taken out. So it's a nice big fat check. Yeah. Then you have to separate that amount just because you're disciplined. Put it into a savings account or wherever you put it. Yeah. And save it and then pay your taxes quarterly. And I know this isn't anything new to people who do this. Sure. Um, and it's something that you just become accustomed to after you've been a contractor. It becomes after, if you get through that first year, then you learn you learn the ropes. You but, absolutely do. But you know, yeah. when you get to the end of that first year, like you said, yeah. and uh, you feel the sting of you know them saying, well, actually, you owe us. You still owe us this much money. Bag you, of bricks. Yes, it is. <laughs> even if you send in a little bit along, you know, throughout the year, and you thought right, you're doing right. pretty good, you don't realize how quickly that piles up. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to talk about and go through all the things that are sometimes difficult to process alone. We're going to go over how to regulate your emotions, diving deep into holistic personal development, and just building your mindset to have a happier, healthier life. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? And basically have conversations that can help us get through this crazy thing we call life. I already believe in myself. I already see myself. And so when people give me an opportunity, I'm just like, oh great, you see me too. We'll laugh together, we'll cry together and find a way through all of our emotions. Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. 
I did the, uh, I essentially did the version of, uh, so you guys have a layaway plan or what's going on? Because <laughs> I figure by next year I can have this paid off. Oh no. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, they do have plans in place. Right. I know it worked but, uh, out, but that's but, just, that's again, that's just something that you need to be aware of. Um, it really when you does become involved with this and you can still make money though. You uh, can still make a lot of money. Of course. It just takes a lot of discipline yeah. to be able to do something like that. It really does. So it's a, it's a different world when you're a contractor. Um, advertising exposure. This is one that most people don't think about. Um, right. You have to have a dedicated business phone number, which mm-hmm. is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, you also have to have, well, you, you probably should have a website, and that you know can vary in price. Sure. Um, an account, you know, accounts with places like Uship and or the other ones I mentioned, uh, FindFreightLoads.com mm-hmm. and TruckDriverJobs.net and all those. They there might be a, or actually I know there is. There's a membership fee. For each one of those. And that I don't know what sense. that is. You know, it's it's probably a monthly thing, but you have to keep those up. So all of those memberships. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a place called, I mean, centraldispatch.com. I think that one is like $35 a month, according to this. That's pretty reasonable. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, but but then you don't want to be just part of just one. You want to be part be all of, of uh, yeah. you want to get four or five to choose from. Um, here's business cards. Um, you know, that's, that's relatively low cost now. It seems like right. that's going way down. Uh, things like, oh, you don't think about this, like door magnets and signage for your vehicles and the trailers mm-hmm. and the equipment that you're hauling. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, that you're using to haul, I should say. Um, it's just, it's all, it all comes back to, um, these little, um, details, I guess, that you just don't initially think of when you start, when you launch this business. You think you just need a truck and a trailer and some free time to haul the stuff. <laughs> right. Maybe a cell phone. Um, it, it requires more than that when you really dig deep. And there's also, uh, Federal Motors, um, Carrier Safety Administration requirements. That's FMCSA mm-hmm. requirements. You have to have, um, you know, specific forms that you fill out. And these forms may cost, you know, $300 to fill them out online. Yeah. Uh, for, for that. It's, it's just a business, part of business cost. Um, and that's federal level. Keep in mind that other states will have different regulations, uh, for weight, uh, different regulations for some licensing. Yeah. And that, those violations can quickly become very expensive. Yeah. So you have to have scheduled safety inspections. And right. I want to say something about that too, because you may also be required to just pulled over on the side of the road. And how many times have you seen this? A, yeah. A, uh, a, I don't know if it's like the, what they call it, a waymaster or something, if they uh-huh. still do that or not, but, um, a police officer will have a hotshot trucker pulled over on the side of the road, and they're doing a roadside safety inspection, just a spur of the moment thing that can happen. And they will give you a little certificate that says you've, you know, you passed it yeah. or whatever. But like I, I was watching a video of a guy kind of showing a typical day in a hotshot trucker's life, mm-hmm. and he said, "This is the third time this month I've been pulled over." And I didn't think that was allowed. I thought I thought once you pass it for the month, you pass it. But he said, "This is." This is my third stop. I thought it was like a um, a discretion thing. I thought that at least uh, law enforcement officers could pull over at their discretion to do it. I think so, but I thought you have to dis- you have to display something that says that you've passed their, uh, okay. their safety standards or their safety inspections, which include things like uh, you have to have the right safety triangles in your truck, uh-huh. you have to have a fire extinguisher. You, you have, have to have, probably have to have flares too. Yeah, flares, of course. You have to have an hours of service logbook available. Oh for them. yeah. Um, it, there's a lot of stuff that you have to have on hand, and you got to know all this stuff before you jump into this. Um, okay, what about uh, the DMV requirements? We're uh, getting to the end here. Yeah. Um, if, to, if, if you if you do have a CDL, uh, which you don't need for most of this, right? Um, unless it, you exceed certain limits, um, that can cost. You know, it's an extra fee on top of mm-hmm, a regular license mm-hmm. fee. 
Uh, you're also going to need medical exam forms and uh, cards completed by a medical doctor, and that can cost sometimes 150 200 bucks, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, vehicle registration for higher tags, and I think in North Carolina, at least, the limit is 26,000 pounds or less is what uh, you're allowed to carry, I believe. Oh, okay. And I don't know if I have that exactly right, but I think I think your whole rig has to be under 26,000 pounds. Ouch, okay. I think that's it. I'm, I'm going to have to look at the exact details on it, but... Um, if it's over that by even a pound, I think you have to have a CDL. So, um, you pay for a certain tag that, I mean, license plate, I guess, right. tag that, um, that signifies that you're below that level. And that's $400 for that in North Carolina. Other states may vary, but sure. that lets the officer know that you're considering yourself a hotshot trucker. Mm-hmm. Um, man, there's just, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, like this article says, all that that I've just read, tip of the iceberg. There's more yeah. to it. And again, by no means I want to discourage anybody because I think this kind of lifestyle, this life, could be a lot of fun. It could be interesting. You meet a lot of people, a lot yeah. of characters. You have adventures for sure. Oh, definitely. But you've got to really be, um, you got to be on top of things. You got to be on top of the rules and regulations, your mm-hmm. equipment as far as maintenance goes, because maintenance intervals come up way faster than you think when you're hauling stuff every single day mm-hmm. and under what they consider a. Um, Oh, what do they call it? There's heavy duty use and there's normal use. This it's is heavy all, duty. always heavy duty use. You're, and we're you're, talking thousands of miles. Yeah, you're possibly. wearing out your equipment all the time. I mean, pros yeah. and cons. I mean, yeah, it, it's it's fifty fifty. I like that. I like to say that because uh, it, it'd be cool for us to go through some of the pros and cons, and maybe you know it. it it might feel, listeners, that we have dwelt on some of the cons. And those uh, hotshot truckers here in the audience with us today, um, I'm sure you're all very familiar with these cons, and there are probably a few that we have missed. Uh, but uh, we'd, we'd like to look at some of the the pros for this as well. Yeah, I see this as just opening the door for somebody that maybe hasn't even heard of this to, mm-hmm. to investigate and say, uh, maybe that's for me. I mean, it sounds like something I'd be interested in doing. I just didn't know that you could you could do that. You could right. quit your day job, yeah, and go do this, or maybe do it simultaneously for a short amount of time if you can if you can you know, swing it if you can wing that. Yeah, that's right. That's tough. All right, so just a few, and this was from a site called OverdriveOnline.com. So it has a you know it's yeah. a trucking community. I figured it was a pretty good place to go to. Mm-hmm. Um, and just briefly, there's only three or four points here, but it's pros cons for for several things. Uh, the first pro that they list is that um, it's relatively low cost of entry. So, you know, all those prices that I told you, mm-hmm. uh, that's not nearly as much as if you're going to go out and buy your own big rig. I mean, if you're going to buy a yeah. semi-truck or semi-tractor, semi-tractor and trailer, it's going to cost you a pile of money. Those things are in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. And uh, there's a lot more that goes along with that as far as licensing requirements and uh, state requirements and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the cons on, on that side, of, as far as equipment goes, uh, something we just mentioned that, you know, lots of miles are covered or traveled and they're all heavy duty use. So there's a lot of wear and tear on your equipment. Um, you'll feel like every day you're destroying your vehicle and your, right. and your trailer. That's what it's going to feel like. But then you got to realize you're making money. If you're, if you're doing the right thing with it, investing it back in the, in the company, back in the trailer, back in the mm-hmm. equipment. It'll all even out. It'll it's all just work out. you're you're running so hard, which is why you get paid those premium rates. Yes, exactly right. Now the next one is that with a lot of operations, expedited loads means little or no waiting at the shippers and receivers, which is important. Yeah. So you're not going to be waiting around a long time where you have to drive into town and wait two days for the load to be loaded on, etc. This is a quicker turnaround. And on the con side of that one is that the costs and hassles of having your own authority um, likely mean that you have. Fewer lease agreements or probably no lease agreements 
uh, with some of these these companies. You don't you don't have that stand that uh, that routine yeah. pickup and delivery that you would or the the cushion, mm-hmm. I guess, as we said before. Yeah. Uh, with having a, a carrier that regularly schedules you. Yeah, there's not you're uh, you're uh, doing the acrobatics without the safety net beneath you. Ah, uh, yes, that's a good way to say it. Um, the next one is well, income, and this is important. It can be as good or better than class eight work, mm-hmm. and uh, it says that you know. You know, there's good income, of course. I mean, but it requires also a lot of hard work. It's it's what we talked about before. You got to be driven. You got to have the desire to get up early in the morning and stay work late at night and, mm-hmm. and really make the most out of your day. That's really really important for something like this. And on the con side of that is that um, local and regional demand can be cyclical or unpredictable and unstable. And you, I think, said that Ben. Yeah. Is that sometimes you know there's too much work. Sometimes there's no work. It's just completely dried up. And then you've got that moment where you think, do I need to move to a, you know, a second location or somewhere right. else where there might be routinely more work available for me? And, or do I just sit here and wait it out because I know it'll come back in the spring? Uh, it's, it's always it's very tough. Difficult, yeah. Really difficult. Um, okay. The, the last one here on this list, the pros mm-hmm. cons, the, the pro is that, uh, most work is local and regional. So a lot of times you'll be at home by the evening. You know, you might be home every night. Uh, which is a huge benefit over the road truckers don't have that, uh, don't have that comfort typically. Mm-hmm. Not all of them. I mean, I've seen some that advertise that you are if you have a local route. Right, right. If depending on the set lane, right? Yeah. So you're going to have a little bit more time at home than you would if you were, uh, maybe working for one of the bigger carriers. However, the con side of this is that when you are at home, you're likely going to be doing a lot of that administrative work that we talked about before. Uh, yeah. You're going to be trying to use that time in order to build jobs for the next day, the next uh, mm-hmm. the next two days, maybe if you mm-hmm. can, if you got that, if you're fortunate enough. Depending to on how far out you can. Yeah, go. or you might be, uh, you know, using that time to uh, to maintain your vehicles. You're going to be using that sure. that home time to do stuff that you wouldn't have prior to that if you uh, were just using the company truck. Just because you're not on the road doesn't mean you're not on the job. That's and, right. And also, I, I mean, but. Even with all this, again, even with all this, uh, people will tell you that uh, expedited loads and hotshot freight is a choice job for a lot of truckers. You know, it, it goes back to the money, especially with experience too. If you've already, if you've already built up a lot of experience in a different part of the trucking industry, and you want to give this a shot, a hotshot. You could say, I'm sorry. Oh, Ben. I know. I'm sorry, man. Oh, uh, we almost made it to the end of the podcast without a bad joke. Yeah, nearly. Nearly, nearly. almost. Yeah. Uh, but, but the point is that this can be worth your time and it is definitely worth, uh, learning more about if only to check out some of the, uh, some of the cool stories that you can find about it. Oh, yeah. And, you know, you can find, uh, these online testimonials by, uh, you know, some truckers yeah. that I love reading. I like reading the good. I like reading the bad, but I got to tell you, the bad is more entertaining. <laughs> when you when you go on the forums and you read about some of the problems that they've had, you know, yeah. like the, the uh, where they go to gripe, I guess that's that's the fun stuff to listen to, really. And and you're you know, of course, you're reading it there. But I know there's some video blogs and things like that mm-hmm. that people do as well. But it is uh, it's entertaining to go online and read some of the forums uh, for hotshot truckers and see what they deal with every day. And that's that's actually not a bad idea if you want to get into this because you'll see um, real world examples of what might happen. If you go out there, and I know these are extreme, and it takes something sure. extreme to make people write something bad online. Typically, um, not everybody writes every single situation with it. You know, if they have ninety, you know, ninety out of a hundred hauls are good, uh-huh. they're going to write about the other ten that are the bad ones. Oh they yeah, might mention that you know something went well today, but 
Um, that's just the way people are. And it's, it's entertaining. It is fun. I've had some, some good laughs going through, um, the, uh, the online forums with, for the hotshot trucking stuff. And, uh, I, I encourage our listeners to do the same mm-hmm. and look into, uh, some of the, the stuff that's possible. Like in your area, think about what's needed in your area. If you work in an area, um, that is, uh, maybe let's say it's, um, very rural and you've got, um, people that need, Hay hauled from field to, from field to field, like from the hay sure. fields yeah. to, uh, maybe there's a, maybe there's a, a bit of an industry there for you, or not industry, but maybe mm-hmm. there's a bit of a, uh, an opportunity there for you at certain times of the year to do that. And then once you think of that, like, well, that may keep me busy, um, in the spring or whenever hay, when, when is hay harvested? I don't know. Fall? <laughs> sure. Uh, uh, I don't know. But anyways, you may find that and then you may find something else. You may find a yeah. need in your area that's very localized and something that you can do and you know the people. Oh, yeah. Why not make a go of it? It's, it writes itself. Uh, another example would be you're in a relatively rural area that is near a manufacturing hub that has to ship sensitive things. I mean, I you can already tell uh, which of the areas, at least of the U.S., are super competitive with this. Texas, for sure, as you said, with the oil industry. Um, I could see a lot of competition in California as well. But look around. You never know what's going to happen. But we can tell you what's going to happen right now, which is that, Scott, you and I are going to head off down the road toward our next episode unless we decide to uh, do this hotshot trucker thing for ourselves. Oh, maybe. But uh, I don't even have a truck. I mean, it sounds it sounds intriguing. I would I would like to give something like this a try. But the thing is, you can't really just try it. you got to kind of jump in and do it. Yeah, that's true. I, I read that some places will supply you with a truck, maybe. But uh, we'll we'll have to get back. We'll be back on the forums there, uh, checking out our our prospects. Uh, say hi if you see us. In the meantime, we hope that you enjoyed this episode. We hope that if you are a hotshot trucker or have been one, uh, you've got a story to share with us. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter. We're Car Stuff HSW at both of those you can check out not just this podcast but every single other podcast we've ever done on our website carstuffshow.com and if you want to write to us directly if you don't really like messing around with yeah. facebook we you, get it yeah you want to tell us when hay is harvested that'd be great <laughs> yeah we're we're still working on that one too uh then send us an email directly we are carstuff at howstuffworks.com for more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. What do the most successful growing businesses have in common? They're working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. You've probably heard a lot about electrified vehicles lately. Well, Toyota has electrified options for every lifestyle. We've got hybrids. No plug needed. But we also have plug-in hybrids, if that's your thing. (laughs) You can even go 100% electric in the Toyota BZ4X. With so many options for reducing carbon emissions... Toyota is electrified, diversified. Learn more about our Beyond Zero vision for the future at toyota.com slash beyondzero. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. 
Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.